Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. to another episode of the Sage Advice Podcast. I am your host as always, Sin Sage, and with me today I have the absolutely lovely little puck. Hello. Hi, so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> so stoked to have you here. Short little story uh, from me, which I don't normally do, but I'm doing today is that I heard Little Puck's name and saw on the internet for years and years, but never never could make a connection happen. So didn't know what to expect, like didn't know what was up. Expected just kind of like, oh, this will be like fine and everything. And then we got together and we did a trade, content trade, and I was just blown the fuck away. And I was like, where have you been all of my professional life? Why did this take so long? Insane. Insane. So, why don't you please uh, introduce yourself for the listeners and tell us who you are and what you do and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Hello. So I am Little Puck. I am a sex worker. I have been doing, I've done a, quite a few things in sex work, but mostly I'm known for doing clips. I've been in the industry for 10 years and one day I really hope to direct. It's a little bit about me. Yeah, and gosh, I really hope that you direct too one day because you are <laughs> you are so creative. Like I just see the stuff that you put out, and you're you're just very creative. You have great ideas, and you really like to play with the cosplay and stuff. I mean, you put in like the oh, time yes. and the effort it takes Here for some of those things. Oh, it's so exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> Lately, you've been doing, you've been posting a lot of, you You were able to get this like body painting full on the female gremlin from Gremlins yeah. 2, which oh, I would bad. argue is the better Gremlins movie. Okay, but, <laughs> <laughs> so, but that, that was a full, I mean, that, how long did that take? That was eight hours of body painting Yeah, of me, mostly just standing there. Yeah. Um, and then um, eight hours of the filming and then the the cleaning oh, wow. up. And then I went straight to Denny's right after that. And then I went to the airport right after that. So it was oh my a, God. a crazy, crazy day. But I'm actually going back to work with that um, artist again. Uh, his studio is called My Pet Monster Girl. And um, we're going to oh, do cool. Goldie from Rockadoodle Do. It's a Don Bluth animated film from the oh. late 90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I remember. It's, it's from the early nineties. Early nineties, nineteen ninety three, maybe. I think. Yeah, short, yeah. shortly, shortly around the uh, the all dogs go to heaven. Uh, oh yes, you know. Oh yes. <laughs> I love being uh, hot monster girls, so I'm really looking forward to being a chicken, a sexy chicken. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> 
So uh, I'm sure this is probably a stupid, repetitive question you've been asked a lot of times, but I have to ask you, because I haven't had heard it yet, the answer. So where did you get your stage name from? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> Little Puck. Um, so I actually was going by Puck in real life first before I made the jump to it being a stage name. I had had several different names as a creator before this. Um, Puck was something I, I went by in real life because I wanted something that was um, like non-gendered, kind of like androgynous, I guess. Yeah. And that just suited my gender expression at the time. Still does, but in just different ways. Also, it was just, I loved the idea of just being the other, being like a creature, being something that is not just one thing, something that could transform and mutate. And that's kind of my brand and also just like who I am as a person and how I like to identify and little just is like kind of like a term of endearment. It's like, oh, you little, you little fuck up, little monster. <laughs> yeah. You little cutie pie. You little, yeah. <laughs> Personally, I think it's great. <laughs> Thank you. And I've also just always been such a huge fan of androgyny in, the, in every sense of it. I've always been attracted to androgyny, like before non-binary was a term, like something about that, that look, uh, just very attracted to it. Yes. Um, and probably also that I'm just kind of like attracted to humans versus like one or over the other or whatever. Yeah. So I like that ambiguity. It's especially, a good Yeah. Especially when it's just so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> As it is with you. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, yes. Oh my gosh. It's like so many questions that I don't even know where to begin, <laughs> but let's just start with the questions. You, you Sometimes I talk a little and then I ask the questions and who cares? So today we're going to start right out the gate with the oh, questions yeah. about, you know, so you've been in the porn industry for, you said about 10, 10 years. Yes. And do you remember the time in your life when um, you first discovered pornography or adult entertainment material that was meant to tantalize and titillate <laughs> the erotic? <laughs> I really, so I don't remember when I discovered porn. Mm -hmm. I just, I remember the time that I went to first masturbate for the first time and I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm not going to watch porn because that's morally corrupt and all those women are like abused and like, cause I grew, I grew up super fundamentalist Christian. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so yeah, I had some, I had a, I had a rough time. Yeah. <laughs> really rough time. I had yeah. to learn a, and unpack a lot of shit. Still am. Yeah. But, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, and I didn't like masturbate until I want to say 18. It could have been the, the wow. end end of 17 but right. when I went to masturbate for that very first time I was like I can't watch porn because that's wrong right. I'm gonna masturbate so I turned on my laptop like the webcam and then I just watched myself and I was like because it was my first time exploring like my own body and so I yeah. was like looking at it and I was like getting off on self-pleasuring and it was just yeah. like this beautiful moment of like oh hi I could do this and it's okay and like I'm sexy what 
Wow. Oh, that is, that's like poetically beautiful in a way. It felt so like wholesome. (laughs) I mean, it is, like it kind of is wholesome. Like it's beautifully, erotically wholesome because it's you, it's your own body. So was that the first time that you visually saw your vulva from that angle like you've never yeah. prior prior to that you never like told a hand mirror any of that type of stuff no I yeah. like was very I it was the type of like not like sexual knowledge and like just like physical knowledge that I received like the learning I received the education like I was pulled out of like health classes yeah um so that I could take like Christian curriculum stuff and I was yeah. like you know taught to only wear like specific types of underwear and like to never shave or like do anything like it was very much like a hands-off area that I just never really thought about so that was like that was definitely the first time that I like saw it wow and yeah so how do they oh my gosh okay let's go (laughs) let's go back to the beginning (laughs) this was this in like what part of the country was this in that you were mainly brought up well I moved several times because my family was in the military okay um but like west coast okay yeah that's where I grew up and so when it would be like you were pulled out of health classes where they they still obviously it's very it's very censored there as well but they are teaching you the basic biological aspect of making children and how that works and stuff so I'm really curious because I I guess I probably never heard about this what when they pull you out of that and the, but then they do assume they teach you how babies are made at some point, like in the Christian curriculum, what, what does that look like? So from what I understand now, the pictures are very different. We didn't really get a lot mm-hmm. of like graphics or like images. And what we did was like heavily censored. Right. And it was like, my mom had to sit with me and like watch me read it, like some stuff, but it was like, it was like, I just remember it being one day of education, (laughs) not like a whole thing. Like maybe there was more, but I just remember very specifically being like, I learned a few things, didn't really understand it, was not encouraged to ask questions. It was not really a conversation. Right. And then that was just, that was it. Wow. So what was it like? I mean, do you remember when you started your period? Um, I do. I wasn't allowed to wear tampons because that would be because you got to protect your hymen. You got to protect that shit. Yeah, can't put anything up there. So so I used sanitary pads, and I remember that being like a a weird thing in high school where I would be like, "Hey, does anyone have a (laughs) pad?" And everyone looked at me like, "Girl, what is wrong with you?" Yeah. So was it like you went to a regular public high school? I did, but I was, so I grew up in a, like a private, private Christian school that was like K, kindergarten through 12th grade, 40 kids. Oh my God. Wow. So um, imagine. And it was, there weren't like accredited teachers. It was the moms. Yeah. It was just the moms with the curriculum. And then I was homeschooled with that same curriculum in middle school. And then my very first public school experience was high school, which was okay. a huge culture shock. Yeah. I did not know how – I was not socially <laughs> – Yeah. I was socially inept. 
Yeah. I also had like no fear, which was great because actually like oh. high schoolers can like smell the fear on you. I oh. had none because I didn't know that I could be shunned or that I could be seen right. as the weird one. I just accepted that I was like the weird one. And so the people actually were a lot kinder to me than you would expect. Oh, wow. It was really nice. So aside from them being like, what the fuck is this girl not know how to wear tampons? Um, <laughs> they were like, I mean, in general, you didn't feel a lot of ostracization or being pushed out. Like There was acceptance. There were friendships. It was more of just kind of like just a lot of learning curves where I would be made fun of or like the butt of a joke, but not in like a harmful way. It was just kind of right. like this, this, this is so ridiculous that you don't know this. Like people found yeah. it fascinating. Yeah. And I would, I would get embarrassed like so easily. Like I remember right. in my freshman year, there was a like a talent show and the soccer team got on stage and they like took their shirts off. And I called my aunt because I was too embarrassed to call my mom. And I was like, please take me home. There's boys with their shirts off. It's like, I can't. Like, this is, this is too much. And so she came and picked me up because I was just like, what? Like, <laughs> this is crazy. You're so shy, so shy and embarrassed and sheltered. Like, yeah. Yeah. It just feels like there's so many questions that naturally arise as you are developing within a body but and yet the education wasn't there so I mean when you were feeling kind of like these hormones or these attractions to people between like 12 and 15 I mean were there questions that you wanted to ask your parents and couldn't or did you kiss anyone like yeah how was that there's like two like main uh, things I remember. So I never had the desire to ask my questions more, ask my parents questions because yeah. I just, I knew I wouldn't get answers that I needed. And there was just no room for conversation. It was not like a yeah. very, was not a good learning type of <laughs> relationship. Right. It was a sure. obedience yes. above all. <laughs> yes. So that's not where I learned anything really. Yeah. So when I was, I think probably 11 12 I remember being at this uh girl's house um and we would have sleepovers and stuff um and she ended up being gay uh yeah many yeah, years. yeah yeah she liked to be, <laughs> she liked to have the Barbie's kiss uh Who the Barbie's kiss. yeah <laughs> um she taught me some things but like I remember we were watching, we were watching a movie um, Cleopatra mm-hmm. and the when she gets like rolled out of the rug and I was like feeling some type of way about it and I was like my body feels weird right now and I talked to Jasmine about it and she's like those are hormones <laughs> like or this is like this is your body's response to being like sexually aroused she's yeah. like telling me stuff that I'm like what like this is so right. weird okay thanks you know just like very innocent like little education but it's so it sounds like maybe when it came to education with regards to those sorts of things it really was from your peers yes it was from like the theater kids oh <laughs> yeah always the theater kids always the theater kids <laughs> causing trouble 
expanding your mind dropping some yeah. knowledge yeah right when i first started like playing like fooling around with mm-hmm. partners i still so like i hadn't so this was like i would do stuff but i didn't like masturbate and i considered yeah. that that kind of like a point of pride because i was like oh i don't need to masturbate because i have you know a boy toy like it's fine mm-hmm. but i didn't really climax <laughs> and i didn't really like whatever yeah um but I remember I would just like dry hump and stuff and then but then I would know when to stop because the angels bells in my head would tell me to stop but really that's just like blood pumping to my head and like being sexually (laughs) aroused but I thought they were angels bells telling me to stop so then I knew my boundary I was deep in it bro like it was no this is great this is like so deep fascinating stuff personally i had such a different um lifestyle so i'm I'm always just like really interested in in these types of stories and uh, you would be maybe you'd be shocked i don't know i find it surprising how many people were in essential that i've had on this podcast that were in religious cults or something something similar to and it definitely sounds like it was that level So when it came to, you said by the time that you were ready to masturbate when you were 18 and you did it, you know, kind of to yourself, but you had heard all this stuff about how it's against women or blah, blah, all these other things. So were you taught by your parents or your community, this religious community that about pornography, like you wouldn't have known about it if it weren't for them telling you what, that it's bad. I believe so because so the internet excuse me we had just been starting to get the internet and mm-hmm. like in, in our house and like using it actively and stuff around high school mm-hmm. I wasn't really going to a lot of places on the internet it was like AOL AA messenger and stuff like poetrydistillery.com like I wasn't mm-hmm. you know really exploring and the stuff that I had learned about the way that pornography and like abortion and like anything related Mm. to sex and stuff it was Mm -hmm. talked about very subtly with great emotional uh thrust behind it yeah and and Kate I would say yeah and and this sense of you know one one size it's all one like my way the highway yeah you know stuff um definitely through the church i went to church like five times a week um oh my gosh wow that's yeah yeah. it was a lot yeah uh so i i did like purity ring ceremonies and stuff for sure where but they're not really talking about it Mm -hmm. but they're teaching you how to not ask questions and how to just accept what you're told authority authority yeah so is that where you got this idea of angels bells? Like I, I've never heard that term before. Yeah. Well, the type of Christianity that I was involved in was very like, you could, we were non-denominational, but you could okay. say that it was like Pentecostal. It was like okay. you spoke in tongues, you danced in the mm. aisles, you, you fell over with the Holy Spirit for the force of the Holy Spirit right. and like so, and in your and in your head and all around you there's constantly this supernatural warfare being fought over your yeah. soul 
Right. And that plays, plays out in the landscape of your mind. So it was not uncommon for me to think that the devil was speaking to me or that I had to like push sin out of my mind and that, that, yeah, that my brain was literally, there were forces of good and evil within me yeah, and around me. So like angels, bells, very made sense. <laughs> made right. Sense. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. So it'd be like, you would be attracted to people, to other people, obviously as a teen. I mean, guess what? It happens. And you would somewhat give into those passions or desires, yeah. but there'd yeah. be a point where you were like, okay, that's enough. Exactly. I would just so, like, stop. yeah, stop. Yeah. And, um, man, so when, when, when did you, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so much. Okay. At what point were you able to sort of ext- extract yourself from that? Like, did you, when did you reach the age of reason? So, um, so I, around the time I masturbated like that, I had, I had broke away from the faith. Okay. So I, I feel like 16, 17, I was like, I don't okay. believe in God anymore. Yes. Um, uh, like actively and like didn't go to church. Um, no, those kinds of things. But you were still living with your parents. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that was difficult for. But then I I went to college when I was seventeen. Oh, okay. Um, and I was. It was a, also a Christian. It was a Christian university because that's mm-hmm. even though I didn't believe in God, that's still like all I knew, and I was very comfortable yeah. in that type of climate. Right. Um. So it just seemed like a very natural fit um even though i like fought back against it and stuff um a lot of the things in the christian university were really fucked up like you literally had to sign a document that said like you couldn't be gay yeah and that you couldn't smoke cigarettes if you're 18 couldn't drink if you're 21 like that kind of stuff when i came back that first year after freshman year i had like this a relationship with a trans non-binary person um, that I that I had actually gone to high school with, and I my parents kicked me out for being in that relationship. Uh, yeah, and like took away the car so that I couldn't go to the university anymore. And I, I know, crazy, it's just so yeah. sad. Like so so yeah. sad. I'm just without getting like too much into it. There was okay. I I had a family take me in who was very kind had more like more leftist values um yeah they were gonna help me like find scholarships and like do all this stuff yeah and i that that lasted like a while and then i was like you know what would be so much easier to do is if i just lied to my parents (laughs) and then left that relationship but not really yeah so i did that so i could get my house back (laughs) my car back the college back and i was like everything's chill that yeah you're it's all good <laughs> i mean i say like if people are gonna be unreasonable then you just have to manipulate them because yes. like did that kept reasonable. dating that person yeah you know, obviously. yeah uh, but. so they didn't kick you out of the house then when you were just like i'm not going to church anymore no 
we just did have like a we had quite a few like conversations but i was just kind of like you can't make me dude like i have been doing this so hard for so long i've done it harder than y'all like come on yeah right (laughs) you can't you can't face me it's not gonna happen but they they thought that i'd still come back to it because i was going to a christian university so they're like right so what did you try to study in at the university like what was your Um, initial thing you were trying to do so for many years i wanted to be a high school english teacher Oh my gosh. Both my parents were high school English teachers. My grandpa. Oh, that's so hot. I have a family of high uh, school English teachers. I love it. <laughs> uh, honestly, the, th- the third parent, the fourth parent of so many kids. Like, I was parented so well, but my English teachers. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh, exactly. My mom yeah. is that person. Yeah. That's for, so she's beautiful. always that person. Yeah. Oh, it makes me so happy. It just, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, me too. Because you're all, you're supposed to ask questions in English class. You're supposed yes. to like critically think. You're supposed yeah. to like embrace yeah. the uncertainty and like, That's right. yeah, anyway. Yeah, love it. If I, get your, if I get your question, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I wanted to be a high school English teacher. Um, I started the program. I didn't really like it I didn't enjoy it I felt very kind of like this is maybe not what I want to do so then I kept focusing focusing the English lit and I added uh, linguistics to it as well um which was fascinating but I did nothing with those things I just write yeah descriptions now (laughs) yeah yeah but I think you know because I I, so I didn't go to school for uh that stuff or the English or whatever um but just due to the nature of my family and everything. I I know a lot about English and I've read a lot of English lit and I've analyzed the shit out of like poetry and and um and books and and mo- and now I do it with movies and music and stuff like that. But I just I think that it's all that there's skills and knowledge that just stick with you for your life. So whether yeah. or not you you like apply it to like a money making venture, it's still something that I think brings so much like richness to your life in a certain sense. Like I, yeah. Like, so when I watch movies, I'm really like, Oh wow. Like I the kind of the more weird, the better. Cause it's like looking at a piece of contemporary art or something. And I'm like, what, what are they trying to say with this? And I'll sit with it and think about it. Then I'll get on YouTube and see what other people thought about it. And I'll be like, Stan, that's what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I I love close reading shit. I love like doubling and critiquing the the shit out of shit, man. Like that's, yeah, (laughs) that's great. It's it's just (laughs) more fun. It just feels good. Yeah. And my partner will just be like, I don't know. I just watch a movie and that's it. (laughs) I'm like, but it's so cool when you like watch YouTube videos about it. and (laughs) Don't you want to write an essay with me? Yes, dude. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) But you did get to finish uh, a a university thing. I mean, you got degrees in those. Yes. That's fun. Yep. Yep. It was pretty cool. <laughs> so, how, so then, uh, so the next question. So I had a couple more questions, but let's go yeah. more on that route and be like, so you came out of this really, you know, pretty oppressive situation for most of your early life. Yeah. And then you were able to be in a trans non-binary relationship and then you were kind of out on your own. And 
when did you see sex work and look at it from this lens of it being like a possibility for you in your life? Love that question. So <laughs> throughout my years at like university, while being like entrenched in all these like fundamentalist values around me, I still found like a really great network of people who were questioning or who I didn't identify as Christian or who did identify as Christian and embraced values that I find true and dear and hold myself. Yes. Um, and so with like, and then uh, professors as well. Um, mm -hmm. And tapping into those relationships, I was able to like slowly kind of like expand and like see the different, see the narrative that I was brought up in and kind of just like, it was just like a constant like rediscovering and unlearning like all the time. There were just yeah. like so many things I was unpacking. It just felt like every day I was just being like, <laughs> something new was just like shaking, uh, shaking me up. And I was like, yeah, oh, this is crazy. But still, because it was still in this like bubble of the parameters of like the, the predominantly like Christian narrative and just this view of like the secular world versus the Christian world, I didn't really, like I did so much more on learning and learning when I um, got involved in like some activist spaces. So yeah, I worked, I worked at a, um, like a science facility and one day I saw I want to say like on YouTube or something there was this like protest going on downtown and it was an Occupy protest mm -hmm. and I had yeah. no I had no I had <laughs> I didn't know nothing <laughs> about right. anything and I was like this seems unjust what these cops are doing what is, <laughs> what is going what is going on? And this is great. And I, so I left work early and I like ran down there because it was like a few blocks away. Mm -hmm. And I would just like all these people like yelling and like saying all these things. And I was like, you know, just like very curious about what was going on. So I like got my right. laptop out and I started taking notes. And I was like, is anyone taking notes? So I started <laughs> writing like the meeting minutes. Oh, wow. I was saying, so I was yeah. like, this is a lot of information. It's got to be recorded. So I'm like doing that. And many months pass. I get very involved. I learn a lot. And one day I get arrested at a political action. And the person that I'm in the paddy wagon in the back with is a full service sex worker who actually just hit me up recently. And this was like 10 years ago. <laughs> 12 years ago yeah they just hit me up recently to hang out and to like catch up but yeah. they were a full service sex worker and I remember like asking them a couple questions and they kind of just like looked at me I'm sure they were really dumb terrible questions and <laughs> they were so like gracious with me and yeah. uh and I that, I just remember that being the first time where I was like oh that's so interesting and like you know I would like to know more like and it n not feeling it, I just didn't have any like preconceived notions about it because I was learning to like break down that shit as much as I could and it became right I was, I was just curious I was like oh, yeah cool <laughs> yeah 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 I mean in some sense uh well I guess I'm always trying to look for the silver linings to bad situations and I think for you to get to sort of see the world through fresh new eyes, you know, and like this revelation for you. 
um, and discover everything as though, you know, like, oh, this whole other world was going on my entire yeah. life. And like, I kind of knew about it, but I had to think of it as like, keep it away from me. You know, like, yes, that's dangerous. Sheltered scary. from it. Yeah. The secular right. world is dangerous and scary. Yeah. And you not be a part of it. Right. At and, all costs. Yeah. And then being like kind of born into it again and being like, well, now I get to find out what all this is about with, yeah. with this genuine curiosity versus, you know, like judgment and, and fear. Yeah. And so, you know, in its own way, that's kind of like a, a special, a special thing. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I, I do find like, there was a lot of like pain like that I went through and a lot of like, yeah, definitely just like hurt, just like shame and like guilt and stuff are, are surrounding it. But Mm-hmm. the more I look back and the more I keep like learning and, and moving forward, I am, I feel very like lucky that I've had so many great people along the way help get me like shape <laughs> my narrative. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. No, I, I, I feel very, I'm very happy that I was able to get out of it and that I had just so many very cool people teach me some stuff. Yeah. Like take you, under their wing and (laughs) show you the ropes a little bit (laughs) of living a a secular life. Secular life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you, you listened to this person in the paddy wagon, you heard their stories and something grew from there. I'm assuming Uh, your curiosity, what, what came next with the sex work journey for you? Um, I didn't start, well, I, I've been performing ha, most of my life in some capacity, usually like yeah. on stage and like theater kid. Stuff. Theater kid. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> the performances I was doing like at the time really involved my, my body, like being very physical and like sexual in, in how I would like move and stuff. But I didn't like start doing like sex work until I think I was, so it was, 30 or 23 24 mm-hmm. um and I, I had i needed to do it out of uh financial necessity i was in a excuse me terrible relationship excuse me and i um needed something to get out i also was like living in phoenix and i had like a shaved head and like all these piercings and i was like super socially anxious and i was like i don't want to get like i'm terrified of getting a job like yeah <laughs> i was yeah. just uh, it was not a good time for me. It was mostly because of the, the relationship that I was in. But then I also like followed all these like sex worker girls on Tumblr. And I was like, this is so hot. This is so cool. I would be good at this. I love performing. I want to do that. So then I just like became this like, I needed to do it, but I also wanted to do it. Yeah. So for the first few years, I did it because I didn't do a lot with it. Like I did enough to like make rent whatever I needed but then I started developing my skills I started like enjoying it more I started to like Mm -hmm. get really creative with it and then it became like a passion and the thing that I want to do for the rest of my life yay yeah (laughs) (laughs) I love meeting fellow lifers you know yeah I'm in (laughs) yeah I'm in it (laughs) yes Yes, dude so was it like right so the first thing that you did as far as performance and what like did you have no, because this would have been before uh, sort of the smartphone camera situation. So did you, like, get yourself yeah. a camera or were you ever in a strip club or, like, did 
what all so beginning i was doing webcamming for like the first maybe like okay. six months but i very quickly started doing like on my iphone 4 yeah i'm on fire that shit looks rough uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Man. I look at the first video I ever made with the little hundred and thirty dollars oh. Sony handycam and I'm just oh, like man. yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Laptop webcam. Oh yeah, yeah. the built in. Oof. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so I did that. Um I did uh some full service for a while. Mm-hmm. Um and then then I really, I really just like found a home in doing clips. I'm good at it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like performing live for on webcam. From I can't, I can't do it. I can do it like yeah. once or twice a month. Right. It takes a lot out of me. It does. <laughs> like I think I could go and do a five, six hour shift at a strip club and be like feeling energetic at the end of it, or feeling like oh that was fun and good. But like three hours trying to hustle on Streamate, and I'm just like my brain has completely no. run out of juice. Like it's, I don't know why it's so exhausting, and you don't even leave your house. Well, it's the thing. It's, it's like hard. You don't have the stimulation of other people. You don't have the music. You don't have the. It's just exactly. you. Exactly. You're just in your cage, in your little box. You yes. can't move <laughs> beyond the square, and you got to make it so entertaining and intimate. Like, and I, I yeah. love to perform, but dear God, like, yeah. And I think that's the difference too. Like when you're at the strip club, even though it's a lot of talking and you know, then hopefully a lot of lap dancing. But the lap dance itself is an expression of creativity. Getting up on stage is such an expression. I mean, I love being on stage, and that type of live performance fucking yeah. down but sitting on a cushion in my living room and then looking at a screen and then nobody being in there and you're bored as fuck and you want to just look at your phone but you can't yeah. because then the people scrolling by just see a girl looking at her phone and they're like no. eh, not gonna click on that one yeah. so it's like what the fuck do you do and some girls are so good at it and I'm i know like, praise to them yeah some of, these, some of these people get on webcam on these free webcam sites and they hustle for eight hours, like multiple days a week. And I'm just, I'm like, praise to you. I feel I cannot. Just talking about it. I have like this like ball in my chest. I'm like, oh, God. no, no, well, go, you don't have to. So just okay. let it go. Right. <laughs> you don't have to do that. But have you ever gone on a stage at a strip club? No, I have not. I, would like to at some point i actually just did my very first striptease um mm-hmm. like for a like a short film uh mm. called C- cock destroyer oh yes. Where <laughs> yes i it was a non-porn role but i played a sex worker Perfect. um succubus and yes. i didn't get the music to like the morning of mm-hmm. i'm in i'm in hair and makeup listening to it I'm like, what are my, what's my outfit? Like, what am I stripping out of? But I just did that for the first time. And I was like, oh, a lot better at it than I, than I expected. And I was like, okay, maybe I can dance. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'll get up there. I do want to do drag queen shit at some point. Same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I'm always man. Just like, what can I do with my hair? Because I don't want to cut my hair, but, you know, I want to like be able to gender bend, you know? Um, oh, yeah. And all Wait, of that fun stuff, yeah. So much there. Yeah. There's actually, tonight I'm um, 
Ramona Slick is a big drag performer here in Chicago, and she's going to have me on stage at the Music Box Theater. Yeah. And I'm just going to be her, like, mannequin prop, but it'll be my first part of a drag performance. Yes. But I'm just going to be, like, pretty much, like, half naked up on stage, hundreds of people watching. Mm. I don't have to move. I just have to just be there. And she, like, drapes her drapes herself over me and wriggles around me and then she like kills me and drinks my blood so I'm like really excited it's gonna be so hot (laughs) well I'm so jealous and I wish I would have known sooner I know right (laughs) now I want to talk more about you know you said that you were in a trans non-binary relationship pretty much you know shortly after you left the home Mm -hmm. was there a moment I'm just gonna make the assumption that being queer was a very bad thing in in your environment that you were raised in. So was there a moment where you realized your sexuality? um, How how was that for you at the time? Uh, How do you identify now uh, with gender and sexuality? I wouldn't say there was like the, like the one moment Mm -hmm. or like the one like like light bulb that went off it was just like a lot of little moments built up throughout my life like being like sexually aroused by like women or like queer characters or like for example and i i just i don't know if have you seen wayne's world um yes okay (laughs) i was like raised on wayne's world so i so a lot of media i didn't watch and secular media i didn't get I, to watch it until much later right so like wait yeah. i saw like maybe like five six years ago oh, in shit. in that i was blown away because they said there was like this whole joke about being like attracted to bugs bunny and drag as the viking yes. and brunhilda yes. and i was like that was literally my first moment of like that i was <laughs> That was the first moment I was ever turned on. Was Are that? Are you attracted to Bugs Bunny when he puts on a dress and acts like a girl's bunny? Yeah. <laughs> I <Yeah>. am. <laughs> Turns out I am. I love um, it. I love it. I felt it. so seen. I was like, oh. yeah. So, I would, like one of my roommates, I was randomly placed with in college. I was very attracted. Yeah. She's the reason I actually moved out to Chicago because she was having a baby. The father wasn't in the picture. And I was like, I'll be the daddy. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll, it did not work out. She was very heterosexual. Ah. <laughs> I'm going all over the place with this one. Where was I? That's okay. Oh, yeah. Sexuality, <laughs> queer stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so you realize, you realize you're queer with like sort of the girl Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Uh, just, somewhat. But maybe didn't quite know what that meant. No, I, I I don't know when it finally clicked for me, but I, I know that I was saying that I was bi when I was like, mm-hmm. maybe like 19. Okay. I think that around then I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. Yes, <laughs> girls, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just didn't really have the words for it earlier on, and I didn't understand a lot. Um, yeah. It didn't really make... I didn't know how to identify it because everything right. was new. I didn't, the language was also different at the time. The language is always evolving. Yeah. And then um, I use she, they pronouns. Uh, it's just what I'm comfortable with. I used to present a lot more like gender queer, gender not conforming than I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, which 
I, I feel like it'll always be an aspect of play and performance for me and I'll go through phases for the rest of my life but yeah Yeah. I think that too I think that too I always feel it like uh waves as far as my gender expression for sure yeah yeah and I and I didn't really it's not something I really thought deeply about until again all this language started coming up the concept of being non-binary and and just sort of thinking about that and then looking back and being like, well, yeah, like gender fluid, that's what, that's how I feel. And that's what makes sense for me. So I'm like, I use she, they also, but, but overall, yeah, it just comes and goes in waves. Like this yeah. summer, I was really feeling my, my masculinity and like, I was really turned off about putting on dresses and stuff and, uh, and then shopping kind of lately looking on my phone at Black Friday stuff. And I'm like, oh, well that like kind of, feminine thing is cute so you know it just yeah. it just comes and so goes way, like yeah. yeah you you um experience that similarly yeah um I, it's so difficult with our jobs because yeah it is <laughs> i am very I'm, I'm wired and tapped so much into performing femininity yeah. Uh, which does not come naturally to me in certain ways. Mm-hmm. But I do, I'm afforded like the creative expression to also play around with it. So like I will yeah. be monster girls. I will be you strange, unworldly creatures and you will get off to it and you will yeah. like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it will be bizarre <laughs> and it might make you uncomfortable. <laughs> That's what makes me happy and feel more at home. Like I don't want to be just... Yeah the hot girl it feels yeah not right. inauthentic <laughs> yes inauthentic yep. yeah. yeah and so and that is like a problem like a okay not necessarily like a problem but it is it is a unique uh, issue being in this industry and also being one of the weirdos i mean just because big fan of the craft and we are the weirdos mister has been sort of like the motto of my entire life (laughs) and so yeah to to be able to carve your own space out with your fandom that is sort of still can cater to the people who really want to see just that just femme being a femme and but also make this space where it's like what the preference is the the authenticity yes yeah and so it's like people and then you have these fans and these customers who are that's what they're so attracted to and that's what they want to get from you is not so much like fit into this box of this femi porn star that i want to see and more like do what's authentic to you and i will appreciate that and and come and get from you because that's what I'm seeking is that authenticity, regardless of like what shape it takes, you know? I love how you phrase that so much because I think about that a lot and I feel so fucking lucky that I'm like, I'm able to do that and yeah. to be genuine. And and because of that, the fans that stay the longest and that are the most loyal, I really like them. It's yes. like a very chill, nice relationship because they yes. like respect the fact that I am a human who uh-huh. <laughs> has like a like you know is into weird shit and i i just yeah. want to be creative and explore that and they're like they see that and they're like fuck yeah and i'm like fuck yeah it's like spider-man 
for Spider-Man. Like, yes. Yeah, it's it's very wholesome, and I, I, I find it to be very – it makes the day a lot, a lot smoother. <laughs> so much. So yeah. much. And, and it's cool, too, because – yeah, so like for me, I worked only with uh, women for you know, most of my first half of my career, and I only started working with my partner because it's just like, well, you're my partner. I want to work with you as far as like cis men go. And there was this thing that I saw happen a lot over the years where people, girls who would only work with other girls and do girl girl, and they had so they had their girl girl fans, and then they'd be like, well, for whatever reason, because there could be many. I'm going to do boy girl now. And sometimes like the backlash they would get for doing that is they'd have these fans who were like, well, I loved you, but now, now they're having those filthy penises in you. I can't support you anymore. I mean, it just grows, right? Like just really entitled. Yes. Like entitled entitled to that ownership of you as a person and yeah that one specific sexual fantasy right boxed into yeah yes boxed into and but that's the thing is that I think that I just think the way to go for that long-term success and for that that fandom of people who'd really see you as like a person and appreciate you and pay for your products is it's more long lasting and it's in it. And I think it comes from that authenticity because they just see that and they will stick with you no matter what. So it's like when I started working with my partner and now here we are like more than 10 years later and people like there are lesbian women who are like, I love Drake, you know what I mean? And they'll, they'll buy the stuff with me and him fucking because they just, they love that he loves me and that I love him. And so then they love us together. And like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that, I, that's why I think it just, you know, maybe the, the short term sales will be like, oh, whatever. But it's that long term loyalty and commitment and the people who stick around and they get attached to you as a person, as long yeah. as it's without the entitlement yeah. <laughs> and then the insanity, because I've, I've had plenty of that as well. <laughs> Parasocial relationships are, are fun. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Your this job has taught me a lot about boundaries. So which much. I did not grow up with, you know. So exactly, yeah. yeah. And you know, and I will even say it. Just the like getting into sex work and then growing within sex work is the lesson of learning boundaries. Because mm-hmm. um, definitely oh, when I started as a stripper, when I was a baby stripper, and uh, I think I wasn't as great about boundaries um, as just the years have gone by. And also in my personal life, like there's times when I was like, for sure, maybe um, I wanted to use a condom, but I was too afraid to speak up or too shy or like I wanted to have an orgasm, but I was like, well, how do I you know, make sure this happens for me? And I'm too shy or yeah. whatever to like claim that for myself. And then just watching myself as the years went on and being like, no, this is how we're going to do things. We're not going <laughs> to do them. 
Or like, I'm going to go ahead and grab my vibrator now while you fuck me so I can have one too. Like, you know? Oh, so hot. Yes. Boundaries are hot. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. But it it is something that takes time to learn. And it is one of the things that I think that I would say for sure, I credit sex work with teaching me how to do that. Do you have any like similar um, experiences? Um, I'd say that the, the, it was a steep learning curve because I, was not used to saying no and I didn't really and and without because I hadn't really been part of the world at large yeah (laughs) I trusted people a lot really fast and I didn't understand the types of ways that I could be coerced or taken advantage of or manipulated and so yeah or just the ways that people could use me for things that I did you know values that I do not ascribe you know subscribe to yeah yeah so I definitely made some mistakes because I didn't understand um yeah but it taught me to understand so you know I'll take those mistakes and I will learn from them yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah and even so my it's it's interesting so like my youth uh it wasn't like as strictly um, oppressive in the same ways that yours, your experience was. But I, I did grow up in a, sh- I will still say it was pretty sheltered. It was like a sheltered kind of small community I grew up in. And, um, and so for sure, like the first half of my twenties, uh, a little bit into the second half um, was still all of those same things. Like when people just said stuff to me, and I just was like, well, yeah, then why would they lie? Yeah. Why would they lie? So it wasn't even about trusting people. It was just like, well, that's what they said. So, yeah. And just like, yeah. wow. Like, and I, I feel like, you know, to this day, I'm still kind of, because uh, I, but here's a, a decision that I had to make for myself at some point too. Like, I would rather give people in general the benefit of the doubt and come from a place of trust and and love. And, and if I get hurt from that, that's simply something that's going to make me understand more about people and stuff. And I will get better. Like I know now that I can deal with those things. Yeah. Uh, But when they first happened to me in some really, really fucked up ways, it was, paradigm changing you know it was soul crushing just like and I remember very much this this crazy big thing that that happened in my young life that I was just like people fucking lie like people that you think are your best friends will lie and cheat behind your back and do all this crazy shit and that being like being confronted with that was such a blow you know such like an intense blow and so, yeah, you know, I, I'm sure other people out there can relate to that somewhat. But yeah. then, you know, even the my ex being like a person who a lot of this happened with, his life growing up was so different. He he mm. already knew these things. He he had to understand all these things about how people were these ways, and then almost absorb some of that into himself yeah. and become that. Yeah. And looking at me like just what a naive little. 
you know, yeah, I was. <laughs> it's hard when you, you, it's such a strange feeling to be able to look back and like see how naive mm-hmm. you were and innocent and to feel the loss of that and to feel love for that person, yeah. to also feel shame towards that, feel guilt mm-hmm. in your ignorance, but, but right. to also be like, you know, it, it was okay. Like you, you were, yes. you were doing your beautiful thing. I'm sorry yes. that that happened to you. Like, you know, be yeah. able to, to love and forgive yourself even. Exactly. Is, is so, yeah, it's a big growth thing, I think. A big growth thing. And and so I think, yeah, and I hope that you're you're doing that and able to do that because it is. It, it is just growth. And, yeah. and to look back on that that person and be like, hey, it's, it turns out all right for you, kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's kind of beautiful in its own, uh, in its own little way. <laughs> what are you, I don't know, I think everybody asks this too, but what are you working on now? Like what, what's, <laughs> seems like you've always got some things. Oh, I got stuff brewing. Uh, yeah. So I already told you about Goldie. She'll be happening in March. Yes. I'm def- definitely excited about that. I have some more collabs coming up. I'm moving to LA in March. Um, I've been, I am so sorry. I'm sorry. My heart I'll is be back. breaking. Whenever you come, you've got a place to stay. I'll be back to Chicago. There's too much here for me. I'm, I promise. Okay. You're here now. I can, I gotta, I gotta come. We gotta work. We got work to do. That's right. <laughs> Rolling up my sleeves. I know. We got, <laughs> it's gonna happen. Um, but I have I've been pretty much going to LA like every like two fucking weeks for months now. Oh no, yeah. Been, and and I'm doing mainstream work now for the first time, and I am loving it so far. Yeah, a very good time. Yeah, um, I've been seeing and, your TikToks, and I'm just yeah. like so jealous. I'm not there. <laughs> It's it's very fun. So I was with a, um, I was with my partner for eight years, and we mm-hmm. only started doing stuff together in the past. Like, well, we broke up in January, but we had worked together for like a year before that. So, mm-hmm. but June was the first time where I started to, to do like collabs with like not just girls and not just like with certain boundaries, right? Enforced. This is like I'm doing whatever the fuck I want. And it's so much fun. <laughs> Good. That's a great time. Yeah, I fucking deserve it. And by okay. the way, I mean, as much as I hate it, I hate it. But um, but you deserve it. You deserve to have that time in LA and getting booked all the time and working on mainstream sets and stuff like that because like I think you are just like in your current state, you're just fucking underrated as far as I'm concerned. And like oh. you will go out there and you will like be a big splash and you'll get booked all the time and you'll start winning Thank awards you. and like that is jesus my, i'm looking at my crystal ball all right all right <laughs> i'll take it i will take all those psychic vibes thank you uh, yeah you're just your performance is so it's fiery it's authentic it's um just you're beautiful <laughs> it's amazing please don't get me hot and bothered right now i yeah. have <laughs> Wait, the work you mentioned sounds like you should be hot. That's true. No, you're right. But I have to be a mannequin. I can't move. Okay. <laughs> Everything's fine. Uh, 
Well, what the one of besides being able to like have like all these sexual experiences that I was not having, yeah, um, which have been really great. Um, yeah, I am also very excited to be on mainstream sets because I'm learning so much and I really want to direct, you know, one day. So like just being on like those types of sets has just been giving me like invaluable experience. Um, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, as long as we can both still travel and stuff, <laughs> just make it a priority. Oh yes. <laughs> to hook up whenever we can. I'm gonna see you in January. So. Yes, can't wait. We got one on the books. On the books. <laughs> All right. Okay. So awesome. So amazing. Like learning so much about you and uh, I love all that. And now can we use you and all of your unique and incredible experiences to answer a couple of questions Yes, that we have some, some advice questions. People need advice and we are here highly qualified to dispense it. All right. <laughs> I feel very qualified right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So this first one is uh, it's from a clock, a clock 10. <laughs> All right. So I, 29 male, have been with my wife, 26 female, for five and a half years, married this year with a five-month-old, but we don't have a sex life, what do I do? There's a little more context here. We've had three miscarriages and every time has been not long after we had sex while she was pregnant. When we found out she was pregnant this time, I agreed to no sex for safety and that's fine. I never had a problem with it because I'd rather not repeat it again, like the miscarriage. Um, I'm not sure if the correlation is the causation in this particular scenario, but we'll, we'll get to it. So fast forward to now, since my son was born in May, we've had sex twice, but whenever I mention sex, it's shut down. Her sex drive has vanished completely. She doesn't even want me to go down on her or anything, and I love doing that. I'm starting to feel really unattractive to her. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. So there is a... A lot going on here. The first thing I was a little surprised, uh, let's see, not him being 29, so five and a half years ago, 24-ish, um, but her being 26, so five years ago, five and a half years ago, she was barely 21, 20? 21. Yeah. 21, 23, it looks, or 21 and 24, it looks like. Yeah. And I guess, I guess there's some places where that's a kind of a normal time to be marrying and having babies and stuff but whew, feels really young i yeah i know i'm 30 i'm 34 and i'm like oh if i had a kid right now that's that's a god no. right. like i'm oh too young god. i'm so young I can't. yeah no no but this yeah. is i think that's pretty common i think it's common. yeah yeah i, I guess common. so okay so firstly it's very obvious that you love your wife and love your family mm -hmm. and that you're committed mm -hmm. to making things work. And because you have that attitude, I, I, you know, I really hope the best for you and I feel like things will work out and I'm sorry that it's a rough time right now. I think there's a, a few things that you could do just off the top of my head. The first one would be, and this is just like a general, you could go to a couple couples counsel, counselor, a marriage yeah. therapist, a sex therapist, Someone yeah. that can break the ice between the two because 
I'm not sure if you've spoken to your wife about this, but you can tell her that you feel unattractive to her without making it feel like it's her fault or putting blame on her or making her feel guilty. You can share those emotions and those emotions are very, very fucking valid without Mm -hmm. making it feel like she has to perform for you because I'm sure that part of this for her is this, this feeling of she probably feels guilty. She probably feels shame about it. She probably feels also just like this desire not to have to perform or desire to not have to meet your need when her needs right now um, and her, the baby's needs are so all consuming and all encompassing. Yes. I know that you mentioned that you wanted to like go down on her stuff and that, and that normally, or that you love to do that. Does she love when you do that? Like, because that is something that you might love and I'm sure like she enjoys it and stuff, but what is the, the sexual thing? that you could do for her that is like just taking a vibrator out and using it on her or maybe just giving her alone time while you watch the kids so that she can get off with the vibrator or like get off by herself whatever she needs to do like maybe on her own to get herself back in that space too um more time because she's probably just so exhausted I and mean, kids are fucking exhausting you know that you're a young young newly parented couple <laughs> so, yeah or yeah new parents but yeah and her body just went through something absolutely insane yeah <laughs> whether i mean werewolf chains transformation like right all, all her bones yeah <laughs> we're all, all fucked up. <laughs> yeah they were like they were like separating <laughs> yeah yeah, and that's the thing is like not even just the birth. I mean, I'm not sure how the birth actually went, but like the whole process of getting to the birth is so it's a lot. It's it's a whole bunch. And I, I love that advice that you gave of being like, maybe, maybe there are things that you, dad, could do that could even just allow her to have some space to herself with her own body. And, yeah. and encourage that and do it more than you think even and you yeah. know and, and say so don't without even like mentioning the sex stuff and the sexual sort of maybe not expectations but like wishes and desires and just be like like put that to the side for a minute and say mm-hmm. let me take the baby and what can you do for yourself can yeah. we get you a bath with some candles and some salts and some music and like leave you alone for three hours and you just can do that yeah. or like or maybe just like hey maybe you need maybe i'll take the baby out somewhere and leave mm-hmm. you the house to yourself and yeah. by the way there's a magic wand plugged in next to the bed. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah taking maybe- the pressure off but creating the space for what she yes. needs. Yes. Focus more on foreplay. Maybe even just mm-hmm. like dirty talking to her. Nothing else. Saying mm-hmm. like very intimate, like close things. Nothing else. Like just mm-hmm. making her feel that love and that like connection again in different ways without focusing on the sex. I feel like will brew the necessary ingredients for sex to happen. Yes. So much. Yeah. Like, cause that's the thing, like almost just making it not about you so even when you're saying like please you know can i go down on you because i want to give you the pleasure but it's like you're still getting pleasure from that of you going down on her thing yeah and so i think it's like that complete like indicating to her that you do have that complete and total selflessness Mm -hmm. and and 
I don't know, you know, my, my love language is acts of service. So like when that happens to me, like when my partner is like doing the dishes and cleaning the shit up and like taking the responsibilities off my shoulders, that's what makes me want to be like, Hey, you know? Yes. Feeling cared for. Yeah. ways that don't seem sexy, it can be very sexy. That's it. Oh my gosh. That is so it. Yeah. You should do this for a living. But that's the thing. And and I think, too, you know, uh, the other thing is that it sounds like maybe, you know, again, it does seem like you, you both may have been like, okay, every time she, you had a miscarriage, we had had sex previously. So that must be the reason. And so that's another thing that I can think I can imagine y'all feeling like guilt for and stuff. And so now you can think about it in this way where for her, maybe the sex itself and the enjoyment and getting that pleasure is something that has in her mind or both y'all's minds caused these issues yeah so now she's maybe subconsciously even yeah feeling that that could cause more issues or that it could be like dangerous or something Mm -hmm. um or just off limits like just a different a different territory that she doesn't just just, feels foreign to her you know yeah yeah unwelcome But the other thing, too, is that, like, again, everything around and involved with having a baby is so much on a person's body and on their lifestyle that uh, I'm kind of like, how long ago was it that she five months? It's only been five months. So, you know, I, I hate to tell you this, but and I do think that you should maybe eventually seek some counseling and some couples counseling and a you know, totally non-judgmental way. And I mean, I think all people should be getting counseling yeah. at all times, but I think really like a reasonable expectation would be like a year. And I know that kind of sucks and maybe hurts a little bit. I think in the meantime, like literally just showing her affection and appreciation is the number yeah. one thing you can do. Yeah. And not putting that burden on her of being like, I want sex though. Cause it kind of yeah. sounds like whiny at this point. And um, I think it's just like, you might need to buckle in, watch some little puck and sensage porn for a while, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like maybe I, get yourself some toys, like a flashlight or a yeah. prostate simulator and enjoy some time to yourself, man. Like mm-hmm. get so you don't do, you can get off. You can still be doing those things. Um, mm-hmm. I do think it is important, like that being said, and I do, I agree with Sin, but you, you saying that, I heard you say that you, that you felt unattractive to her. That is still something you need to share, like in yeah. a way that it, that is, you know, caring and kind and loving. Right. Um, I, you, you're totally warranted to be able to be like, to, to, to share that feeling. Do not right. shut that that part of yourself off or that emotion off. Right. Just, do, just try it your very best to do it in a way that isn't pushing the responsibility on her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you seem uh, smart and fully capable of doing that. Yeah. All right. Great advice. Number two. <laughs> this is from uh, Chance Energy. I've had to pull some questions, by the way, uh, listeners, from my Reddit, my Sage Sex Advice Reddit. Uh, so you can go there and have a look around as well. You can submit questions there. But gmail.com, we really need your questions. All right. So question two, I met this guy who is very attractive. 
I gave him my number and I told him I wanted no strings attached sex. The next night, we did just that. Honestly, I like having one partner at a time. And so I told him I would like to do it again sometime. But I am completely feral right now. So I have been texting him and asking him to link up and even offered some head. Nothing more and nothing less. But he has been ignoring me. I'm kind of confused. Am I coming on too strong? I honestly have never been turned down like this. So it's all new and weird to me. Should I just keep pushing? I was really hoping to have a fuck buddy for a good while. All right, bro. (laughs) I'm sorry, girl. You set yourself up for this one. You you said no strings. If you want to say fuck buddy, that's you say fuck buddy. But (laughs) you saying that you're feeling feral right now. I am with you. I am currently fearing, feeling feral. <laughs> but it's, it happens. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you set up the expectation for something different and you communicated your what you thought was your need. Your need has changed and it's okay if you communicate that. Yeah. But I don't think the way that you're doing it is really expressing that change. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um you know, I get this, you gave him your number and you're like, Hey, I just want to fuck. And that's all I want to do. And he's like, all right, sounds good. And then you guys fuck. Now, did you also say to him, I, I don't want to have an emotional relationship right now, but I am into fucking and I don't like to go out and fuck a bunch of different people. I like to really just fuck one person at a time. So, cause I think you didn't say that to him. I'm reading your question And what you said to him was, let's fuck with no strings attached, not will you be my non-boyfriend fuck partner? Yeah. You didn't say that. Yeah. Uh, And so the fact that you're feral right now, you're like, I want to keep fucking this guy because I only want to fuck the one guy. But, you know, him completely ignoring you is probably like, I heard in my head, no strings attached. We did that. And now you're trying to pull on all these strings pull me on all these strings, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? So I I think, unfortunately, with this particular fella, (laughs) that you might, like, that this might be over. That string has been cut. Yes. Cut your loss. Cut your losses and and move on to another one. Because unless you, like, say all that in a carefully crafted text message and he responds, which I just don't feel like he's already ignoring you, like, He's given you his answer. He's probably yes. feeling pressured and stuff. Uh-huh. And even though you might be coming at it like superly, like, like I'm not trying to be emotional. I am just trying to have sex. Mm-hmm. That is still a lot of like responsibility to put on one person to be like, I want you to be my one fuck buddy. Let's go. Like yeah. without negotiating that kind of relationship from the get go, I guess. Yes, it, that's it exactly. And um, so I will say that, you know, I'm kind of confused. Am I coming on too strong? Like, honestly, probably just based off what I'm reading here. Um, So I would say to answer your, should I keep pushing it? Absolutely not. Don't. Um, I think it's, it's time to move on. But I think that when you do approach people and you're still in this current state of like, I don't want to have a relationship with someone beyond fuck buddy then 
you get on Tinder and you say that, you know what I mean? Like get on those apps, put that, and there will be men knocking down your door, lining up to, to submit their resumes for this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's, it's difficult for you to find that one good fuck buddy, but you, you have to be 100% communicative right out the gate with what it is that you're looking for and not expect this mind reading stuff. You know, that's the big thing. And I think a lot of us do expect that sometimes from whether it's our actual partners or just kind of other people. We're like, why aren't you catching my vibes? It's like, because that's not how we communicate with each other. <laughs> like, you Ugh. know? Oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, painful yeah. to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Because, so I mean, even within a relationship, it's like, you should know this. <laughs> Don't you get me? Yes. Yeah. But, you know, being reminded all the time is like, no, you you have to use your words. <laughs> You know, be it, be it. Back them up with actions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and say what you mean. Say wow. what you mean. And it's hard. I think, too, it's hard with, like, just with dating and stuff because people don't. <laughs> people don't. And, like, I, you know, and if you are the type of person who comes right off the bat and is like, this, this is me, take it or leave it. And, like, here's the thing. People can be, like, really uh, scared off by that level of. Um, yeah confidence and (laughs) communication but I feel like it's a really great litmus test or really to to, you know if you are the type of person that can't handle that then we shouldn't be wasting our time either yeah yeah absolutely yeah so that's uh that would definitely be the advice in this particular situation I think for this particular thing it's just you should take this as a beautiful learning experience yes when it comes to communication and move on to the next opportunity using what you've learned and communicating exactly what you want and need right up front. And then, you know, gets to banging. Yeah. Go get laid. (laughs) Get it. You're going to get laid. You're going to be as feral as you want to be. I promise. Yeah. (laughs) Promise. Promise. (laughs) And um, yeah. And, and use condoms and get, uh, tests and be smart and you'll be yep. good <laughs> awesome oh my gosh little puck thank you so so much for coming on my podcast and talking to me and it was truly just... really, this was fabulous i'm so happy we got to do this me too i'm fabulous i'm so happy for every interaction i get to have with you Aww. i just think you're the best thank so Please uh, tell all my listeners where they can go and find you and and pay for your products and support you and the work you do. So the biggest clip collection I have is on ManyVids. You can find me at littlepuck.manyvids.com. I'm also on OnlyFans, Little Puck. I'm also on Loyal Fans, Little Puck. Pornhub, Little Puck. Uh, You can also find me on TikTok, Little Puck Please, and Instagram, Little Puck's Playhouse, Twitter slash X and Little Puck as well. Just Google Little Puck. I have all the links everywhere. I have my website at littlepuckpls.com as well. All right. So everyone get out there. Go support this wonderful human being. And 
let's see for me of course you know all my stuff already so i'm not going to say it again but what i am going to say again 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 is please send your advice questions so that i can keep answering them on my podcast otherwise we won't have anything to answer and this is called sage advice so we need to be given advice here <laughs> so please send those questions and they can be about sex about relationships about porn things you've been curious about about sex work in general uh politics surrounding those issues uh, any questions you might have about that stuff we will uh, be able to answer those things and give you some pretty solid advice if i do say so myself pretty sage pretty sage uh, that's right uh so please send them to sinsagepodcast at gmail.com sinsagepodcast at gmail.com tell your friends spread the word get it out there and thank you so so much and go out there and live authentically and get laid Yay. get laid get laid <laughs>